welcome to episode 51 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm on your host. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me today, we have Ash Collins and Mark Nadu. Ash, how are things going this morning? Swimmingly. Excellent. Yeah, I heard you uh, You set up your pool yesterday. How'd that go? Well, it was a little rough. It took like two and a half hours, but it's currently <laughs> filling with water, and hopefully I will be swimming in it before the end of the day. That's awesome. Yeah, I really, like, I want to get Bridget one because she's been wanting one for years. I just, I wouldn't go as, yours is really big. I wouldn't go that big, but I, I, I'm contemplating it. I just don't know if I want the costs associated with it. Yeah, it, it's not too bad. I mean, we went oh. with the salt version um okay so so there's no like mixing of chlorine you just literally dump in like minus six bags of salt cool salt i dump that in i set up my filter and i'm pretty much good to go now you'd be good for the whole year with just six bags uh pretty much i think i i have usually the first year i was last year there was a lot of different testing involved because i screwed up the mix i didn't put the right bags in um and uh but yeah as the water evaporates basically you just have to add you know, water to fill it back up because the salt doesn't evaporate. So, gotcha. Very good. And how about you, Mark? How are you doing today? Uh, apart from being embarrassed, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, what? Some Why of the listeners might realize that you know uh, the podcast might be released a little late this week, and that's totally my fault. Um, I slipped and fell, bumped my head, and I thought we were back to week two of the Tarantino thon. So I was ready for <laughs> Pulp Fiction and not Saw Two. Um, so I'm right in the face. Uh, I got a bruise on the back of my head. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I know that we try to keep to a, uh, static, you know, uh, drop for the podcast every yeah. Friday morning. And, uh, I got to take the blame for this one, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, that's all right. Just, we should take yeah, one for the but, team. Uh, yeah. But you know, I did get to watch, uh, Pulp Fiction again. Good. So hey, it's fun. never a bad week when you can watch Pulp Fiction again. Yeah, so again, guys, I'm sorry. It's week two of Saw 2, not week two of the Tarantino thon. Uh, Saw 2 is not Tarantino rific. And, <laughs> and I was worried we wouldn't hear that word again. Yeah, well, again, I brought it back as a remix. That's right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, All right. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, so we are recording a little uh, at a different time than normal. So normally we record on either Tuesday or Wednesday evenings. I but just said sorry. Why are you rehashing? I, I, <laughs> I just said sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, I know, but but that mixed with um, some te- technical difficulties, we are actually recording on Friday morning, and so this podcast will hopefully be out Friday evening or Saturday morning. So apologies for the delay, but is there a train in, in the background? Yeah, I'm muting. So. <laughs> you live that close to a train? Yeah, yeah, I, it is. I, I am like two, two and a half houses away from a train, basically. Holy or crap. Th- th- three and a half houses away from a train, technically. Wow. Yeah. yeah that, that's a Blaine train, and I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not funny. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So before we uh, jump into this week, I wanted to talk about a couple things. First off, make sure you check out our YouTube page. I posted a video this past week. Um, basically, it was a review of the Horror Pack subscription service. And if you don't know what that is, basically you pay X amount of dollars each month and you receive four horror Blu-rays uh, at random. 
So it's basically like like Nerd Block or Horror Block, except it's with horror Blu-rays. You, there actually is a DVD service as well, but I subscribe to the Blu-ray pack. Uh, and so that's what my review is based on. I, I was a subscriber for four months. Uh, so in that video, I talk about how much I spent, what was the value of everything and, and how it was for me personally. And I talk about who I really think the subscription service is for. So make sure you check that out. You can find it on Cinefessions.com or you can search, search for Cinefessions on YouTube and I'm sure will pop up. So definitely check that out. I really appreciate it. Give us a like on there also. Those are always good. I like seeing that that thumbs up. So aside from that, something I want to talk about real quick. So as some of you listeners might know, uh, at Cinefessions each June, uh, we host the Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge. And 2016 would mark the fifth annual Cinefessions Summer Scream Challenge, or CSSC for short. Well, we are actually changing it up a bit this year. So instead of it being something that we we try to get a bunch of people um, involved in, you know, trying to do a lot of uh, outreach for that, um, it's kind of going to be more internally amongst um, us three on the podcast here and amongst all of our listeners. We'd love for you guys to join in as well. Um, so it's more of a, a, a personal challenge this June and for, uh, for us three podcasters and for all of our listeners that we'd love to invite in to, to participate. Um, so this isn't necessarily going to be a permanent change, but it's something that we're doing just kind of as a refresh to CSSC. Um, last year ended up kind of being a dud. Um, and it just kind of took my heart out of it a little bit. And so, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to continue it or not, but, um, you know, this gives a, at least the readers a year off, but still allows for us to continue to make this an annual tradition at Cinefessions, which is, you know, something that we care a lot about. So now if you don't know what this is, uh, because we've gotten a lot of new listeners since the last year, uh, basically every June for the past four years, we've had an open challenge between us, uh, all the writers and our readers, uh, where we attempt to watch as many horror and sci-fi uh, films and television episodes as we possibly can throughout the month of June. And in that time, we each film we watch, each television episode we watch was worth a certain point value. Uh, there were, and then like the most points at the end of the challenge would win the challenge, which normally it would be either Chris or Ash because they're just diehard and, and amazing like that. But we have had, I think, I can't remember, I know we had a couple winners win in a couple of the years, but uh, a couple readers win in a couple of the years, but anyway, I mean, there was, uh, points, prizes, theme, there was theme weeks. I mean, it was, it was a whole big thing and I, I love setting it up, but last year I just, it didn't work out too well for just a number of different reasons. And honestly, mostly because of myself. Um, but, and so I wasn't sure if we were going to continue it or not, but I know I talked with it about, I talked about it with Ash and Ash, you expressed some interest in, in kind of just doing it yourself just for the fun of it. And so that got me thinking about it a little more. And, you know, I'd hate to see the tradition die at Cinefashion because I think this is one of our, our coolest things that we do. So in an attempt to, to refresh the idea and keep that tradition alive, we turned it into kind of an internal challenge amongst us and our listeners. So um, you know, we're going to give updates on the podcast each week, and we would love for our listeners to send us some feedback on how your challenge is going uh, each week. So that way we can read those through on the podcast and we can discuss other people's challenges that are doing all of our listeners, uh, participants that are taking um, part in this. We can discuss how your challenge is going and we'll discuss how our challenge is going. So, I mean, um, you know, it should be a lot of fun. Um, in July, I want to look back on the whole thing. And basically, it's not a, a, a competition amongst each other, but more with ourselves. So in July, I want to look back and say, hey, did we succeed our goal or did we fail meeting our goal? 
which it's not a big deal if you fail, you know, whatever you have to try. And so that's, that's kind of what we're thinking this year. Um, you know, so it should be a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll be posting updates on our Twitter account. So throughout the month, so make sure you guys following me at Simon one, that's P S Y M I N one. You're following Ash at D H G F Ash with an E at the end. And you're following Mark at Mark underscore Nadu. So M A R C underscore N A D E A U on Twitter for all those updates throughout the month. And again, please, if you are interested in joining this challenge, Send us uh, an email. Shoot us an email at contact at cinefessions.com. Let us know that you're thinking about joining and let us know what you want your personal challenge to be this year. Normally, we are sticking to sci-fi and horror films. This year, it can be whatever you want. It's kind of a, a, a build-your-own-challenge type of thing. Uh, I know I have an idea of what I want to do. Mine, uh, I, I think, is going to be video game related just because that's kind of the the mood I've been in lately. Um, Ash... You know, you were talking about still doing films. Um, I don't know if that's what you've decided on, but we don't have to talk about that this week. We can kind of discuss next week what our final, uh, what our challenge is going to be for the month of June, because uh, we'll have already started at that point. But um, Mark, have you given any thought to this? Any idea what you might uh, be thinking about trying to do this month for June? Yeah, I was scrolling on my phone while uh, using the uh, lavatory and it, it just dawned on me. Uh, my title will be called Backlog, and <laughs> I'm going to go through my DVD collection. Not my Blu-rays, my DVD collection, and any DVDs that has more dust on the top of them or cellophane <laughs> wrap, those are the, one are the ones I'm going to watch. Awesome. So, uh, it's going to be called Backlog. Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good idea. I mean, something that I was considering as well. And and frankly, I've not set mine in stone. I might do something along those lines. Um, mine would be Blu-ray related though, um, and specifically horror Blu-rays, but, or I should say cult horror and sci-fi Blu-rays. Um, but that's mostly my collection anyways. Right. Yeah. Cult sci-fi horror, yep. some really awesome comedies with Jennifer Love Hewitt from the early 2000s. Um, <laughs> again, not for the source material, but more for the picture. Right. Exactly. And what about you? It's called backlog. (laughs) On a toilet. Comedy goldmine, folks. (laughs) That's what I am. That's right. Hashtag Canadian Connie Goldmine. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. What about you, Ash? Have you put any thought into what you're thinking about doing this year? Um. Well, I definitely wanted to watch like my mainstays that I always ended up watching every year anyway, um, yeah. which would be the Alien series and the Predator series and the thing. Um, but I think I'm going to try to go through uh, the 40 plus episodes of Star Trek Next Generation that I'd assembled for uh, the next essentials. So, Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I might blow through those in June and then, you know have the next set of the essentials ready to go. Perfect. So. Yeah. And I'm, I have so many, um, video games on, on the current gen system. So I'm thinking Xbox one PS4 that I just, I, I bought either on black Friday or phone them on sale that I haven't touched yet. They're literally still wrapped up. And so I was thinking about spending 60 minutes with each of those. I might have to lower that down to 30 because I have so many. I just don't see myself being able to play that much video gaming in the month of June. But, um, so that's kind of something I'm toying with. Um, but yeah, basically the the important thing. So listeners, if you are interested in joining, the kind of the main thing this year is just having 
whatever the challenge is, it has to have a goal, something that you can look back on and say, yes, I succeeded or no, I failed, whatever the case is. And so if it's watching X amount of movies, playing X amount of games, whatever whatever it is, reading X amount of comic books, whatever it happens to be. X, X, X. Yeah. Watching as much porn as you possibly can. I mean, whatever oh, you, you decide. Time out. Can we pause this? You're gross. Don't be gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But whatever you decide is good. As long as you can find a way to, you know, say if you've failed or succeeded, that's what we're looking for from from our listeners so that will be cssc5 and if you are discussing it on twitter please use the hashtag cssc5 which is obviously cinefessions summer screams challenge just the acronym and five being our fifth annual so c hashtag css oh my god i can't even say it <laughs> it's a tongue twister hashtag cssc5 on twitter and you guys can join in the conversation cssc sank for french uh, listeners Ah, thank you. Who, I'm glad you, you covered English. those. You probably don't understand a word we've said since episode one. <laughs> so thank you for your support. That's right. <laughs> Make you written play each week. <laughs> oh man! All right, so let's 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 move on a little bit here. Talk about the question of the week. So we spend the majority of this podcast talking about movies and video games, uh, whatever. That's just what we spend the most of the most of our time talking about. But I know that our interests stretch beyond that to comic books, novels television series, and so on and so forth. So tell me this. What is the best horror or sci-fi novel you've ever read that you think our listeners need to read? And if you don't happen to have a favorite, there has to be one that you've been wanting to read but haven't gotten around to it yet. So Mark, let me start with you. What would you say? What's your answer to this question? As I type running to my bookcase. (laughs) 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 Because... Right. Ah, well, um, shit, if I had my Kindle right beside me, I am, I just finished reading a book yesterday, um, during my break at work, so chill out, um, <laughs> uh, by an author by, uh, by the name of Christopher Farnsworth. Okay. I discovered, um, a series of his a few years ago, actually, I, when, in my old place in Winnipeg, I had this kick-ass, uh, pool in my condo complex, so I would spend days poolside staring at little kids and reading my uh, reading my book and skipping. Uh, can we edit it oh shit so uh it's a series of books uh it's called the nathaniel cade series um the first one i believe is called the vampire or the president's vampire i'm just going to my bookshelf from my kindle really quickly giving myself some time yeah. uh, but not having any dead air <laughs> um, <laughs> Because uh, I want the spot, you said on it. Okay, so the first one was called Blood Oath. It's uh, by Christopher Farnsworth, and it's about how um, during the, I believe, if I remember now, it's been a few years since I read the first one, but during the Civil War, um, was this Civil War? I think so. Some guy got infected by a vampire, and the president, for some reason, I guess Lincoln, uh, caught him. And bounded him with the help of the first uh, voodoo priestess, Marie Laveau, if I remember correctly, uh, made him a soldier for the Americans in the war against the supernatural. Okay. So it starts off there. That's where you get the backstory. Um, but it's set in present day. So for the last, you know, uh, since Lincoln's time up until uh, 2012, let's say, when the first book came out, 
Um, he's been in the service of the president, saving the U.S. from invading, invading forces of the dark world. And uh, it's really good. It's funny. Um, it's gory. It's action-packed. It's a perfect summer read. Um, so I just so the first book is called Blood Oath. Then the uh, second book was called The President's Vampire. I just finished reading Red, White, and Blood, which I believe came out in 2014. And since I finished reading that book yesterday um, on the Amazon Kindle, I just uh, bought The Burning Men, a Nathaniel Cade novel. But I think okay. it's only a novel. I think it's only like 52 pages long. So oh. I haven't started that yet, uh, just because I also picked up Terminal by Brian Keane. Oh, um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I've read one of his books before. Again, if I could run it to my bookshelf, I could get it. Um, it's about a zombie apocalypse in uh, in the U.S., or I guess in around the world. But what I liked about his book is that not only humans are infected, but animals. Oh, very so, cool. So, like, the, the main characters in the book would get uh, dive-bombed by, like, killer, like, zombie sparrows and whatnot. Very cool. Oh, nice. Um, while uh, Ash talks, I can run and just get the title of it, if anybody's yeah. interested. Sounds but, good. Yeah, so I guess that would be my current horror series that I'm reading right now, the Nintendo Cade series. Cool. Um, I like it a lot. It, it's a fun read. Now, it's not um, it, it's, it's not um, heavy, and it, it won't make you think, but it's like watching one of those syndicated action shows. Okay. It's, it's just fun, you know? Awesome. So, yeah, that's my pick. Cool. And what about you, Ash? What would you say? Uh... I haven't. I, I've been bad the last couple of years. I haven't really been keeping up with any new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. As far as uh, older books, though, I usually read um, Starship Troopers by Heinlein. Okay. Uh, at least once a year. Uh, love that one. Um, Dune's a pretty good one uh, by Frank Herbert. Um, let's see. Trying to think. Uh, I've been meaning to read some of the. Uh, couple of new ones uh i usually as far as horror goes um i've been mainly sticking with just the anita blake series uh okay. as my wife gets them and i read them with her mm-hmm. or well after she does because she blows through them in like two days and then like, <laughs> it takes me like a month but <laughs> but yeah so awesome that, that's where yeah. i'm at yeah like i it's so rare that i sit down and read through a book um, like there was a book that Chris actually got me. I can't remember if it was for my birthday or for Christmas, but he bought himself a copy and me a copy called Night Film. And the book is excellent, but I read about halfway, maybe three quarters way through. And then I just stopped and I've not picked it up yet. I don't know how it ends. So I like, it's just rare that I'll actually sit down and finish a book. But one that had me hooked and I picked it up. I mean, it took me the entire summer to read it because I'm, I'm just slow when it comes to reading for whatever reason was Peter Straub's ghost story. And that has to be probably, I mean, one, it's one of the few feature, you know, um, adult novels that I've read um, that I can recall at this point anyway. And uh, it was just so well written uh, and it scared the shit out of me. There's a couple of specific moments where I can remember just getting the shit scared out of me uh, from his writing. It's just so damn well written. It's and uh, I highly, highly recommend that one if you haven't read it. It's, I mean, obviously it's it's a ghost, obviously it's a ghost tale with the title of Ghost Story. Um, I have not seen the movie yet, but I actually own the Blu-ray because it came out through Shout Fact, uh, Scream Factory. So I own the Blu-ray. I just haven't watched it yet. 
but I heard that the the movie's not nearly as good as the book. And so if you've seen the movie and weren't a big fan of it, don't let that sway your opinion on reading the book because the book is excellent. Right from the prologue, I was just, I was hooked. And there's just the way, the small nuances in the writing, is it just genuinely scared me. Like it just sent shivers up my spine. Such a great book. I want to read more of his work, but again, I just, I so rarely sit down and read a book. And so it just happened to be the perfect situation uh, over that one summer where I ended up uh, reading the full thing. And it was, you know, a good thick novel for me. So I was happy I was able to to get through it. But yeah, if you haven't read Peter Straub's ghost story, that would be my, that would be my recommendation for for this week's question. Have you ever happened to read that one? Mm-mm. No, okay. but you had me at good and thick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes for for Mark. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, yeah. So uh, so uh, while you two gents were uh, were talking, um, I did run to my bookcase and the book I was talking about uh, with the zombie animals. Um, it's called The Rising. Yes. And, uh, okay. I do read, own that one. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, it's the first Brendan King book I've read, and uh, it was really good. It was really, really good. So that's the one that's uh, highly recommended as well. Yeah, I've started reading um, Darkness. I like, I like Brian Keene. I met him at a horror convention. Super nice guy. Um, he's real big. Um, that I want to say it was like Cemetery Dance or something like that was the name of the the publishers that released all those original ones. Yeah, I and love that publisher. Yeah, him and a group of people, and they kind of fucked him over. Like they just stopped paying him, and then they eventually shut down, and there was a big legal battle between them or whatever. And he was kind of uh, the leader in trying to get him and a lot of those writers to a new um, to a new publisher, which is now they you know have done at this point. And so um, I was following him on Twitter and kind of following that saga, and that was around the time when I met him. Um, super nice guy, real friendly, and uh, I bought a few books from him and had him sign them there. So I own a, a good number of Keen novels. Uh, the only one I've actually read, uh, and I haven't actually finished it, I've only read about half of it, was Darkness at the Edge of Town, which was really good. Um, but it has like a The Mist vibe or okay. a um, Under the Dome like the type vibe. What's but, with publishers not paying their fucking writers? Yeah. Without their writers, they have nothing to publish. Exactly. Like, I, I don't get that. Especially in that, like, niche genre, because he'd had a lot with, like, um, uh, um, oh, my God, Edward Lee and um, Jack Ketchum, all kind of in the same area. And they are, are known for, like, their splatter punk writing, basically, yeah. super violent. Um, I've read Jack Ketchum's uh, Girl Next Door, an incredible book, but super gory and just violent. Yeah, Jack Ketchum will actually be at the next Cinema Wasteland. Oh, very cool. He's yeah. a great guy, too. Yeah, I met him also. He was there at the at one of the horror um, – I can't remember which convention it is now, but one of the I conventions I went to. I the first horror con I ever went to, uh, the uh, Festival of Fear back in 05, I think. Okay. But uh, I was so overwhelmed. It was my first ever convention. So yeah. I, I did not go uh, talk to him. But I think the big thing at the time was the uh, Girl Next Door. Uh, is is that him who wrote that? Pretty sure it's Which one? I'm sorry? The Girl Next Door. That was Jack Ketchum. Jack Ketchum. Okay, yeah. So I guess the movie had just come out or was coming out. So there was a big push for, for his book and the movie at the same time. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he'll be in, uh, he'll be, uh, in Cleveland uh, the first uh, – Week of or first weekend of October. Very cool. That's awesome. All right. So let's talk about what we've done this week in media. Ash, let's start with you. Do anything fun this week? 
Yes. Let's see. Watched Chuck Norris versus Communism. Uh, awesome. On Mark's recommendation, which was fantastic. Uh, definitely recommend. Um, watched They Look Like People, which couldn't really figure out what it was trying to be. It's more psychological thriller than anything else. Um, it was decent. I got more out of it than my wife did. My wife was just kind of like, uh, and she's <laughs> like, why did I watch this? Um, <laughs> I, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, watched. We are still here. These are all on Netflix, by the way. Uh, yeah. we are still here, which is Love kind it. of like a seventies, um, seventies, uh, ghost horror film mixed with, you know, town drama. Uh, it's, that yeah, it was pretty good. Um, the effects work was was actually really good. I like that. Um, oh. Pretty gory. Uh, and then Dark Summer, which I uh, actually was the one I liked out of that. Um, yeah, this kid gets stuck at home and can't leave because he did something bad. And mm-hmm. uh, the ghost of the girl that he pissed off is after him while he's stuck at home because of uh, he's under house arrest. Uh, that one was pretty good. It's not as good as 100 Steps with Fampy Jansen, but it was pretty good. See, that one is actually a new release from Scream Factory. So it's one of their one of their newer releases. They they're, they who published it. Ah, OK. Well, yeah, that yeah. one's on Netflix. So, too. So if you don't yeah, want to get and, the Scream Factory version or if you want to preview it first, you know. Right. Exactly. And the 100. Is it 100 feet with Jam- Famke uh, Jensen? It should be 100 steps, I thought. But maybe it's okay. 100 feet. That one is from our buddies over at the asylum. Is it really? Yes, it is. And we're not talking about the 100 Days of Salo? Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not that one. I think that oh. one was 120 days, wasn't it? Was it? Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, you, you missed almost a month there. <laughs> uh, probably a good thing. Uh, yeah. I heard their food isn't that good. <laughs> God, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh man um yeah going back to we are still here uh yeah. really quickly that is one of the movies that came on my radar because of twitter uh i guess i guess this year um it came oh, out last it is year 100 but... feet not 100 steps sorry okay no no problem ah okay um one of the highlights of we are still here um and i've been a fan of this guy for a while and he's got a blu-ray collection that's out now which i have to pick up um larry Fedison. Or Fessenden? I'm sorry, Larry Fessenden. Yes. Um, he plays Jacob Lewis. I guess it's the couple that comes and visits uh, Barbara Crampton and her husband's house. Uh, he kind of has like a little crazy hair in uh, pretty much everything he does. But mm-hmm. he is okay for those for a movie that's a little more mainstream. For those who've seen um, You're Next, he's the guy that gets killed in the couch right at the beginning of the movie, and that song keeps playing over and over again on the CD player. Okay. Remember, like the opening sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, but he adds like a level of coolness to everything he does. <laughs> There's one movie he did also. Uh, not going too far down the rabbit hole here. Um, back in 2008, and this is the first film I saw him in called "I Sell the Dead." Oh, okay. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, and I guess the reason why it piqued my curiosity is because uh, Dominic Monaghan uh, is in it. And he was, you know, in the, he was in uh, Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. And Ron Perlman's in it. And uh, he's in it as well as one of the uh, main characters. And okay. uh, fuck, if he's not awesome in every scene he's in. 
Like this guy honestly can't do any wrong. And his, him and his company, they're the ones that wrote the script for that PS4 horror game, um, until dawn. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, uh, so he's got uh, a stake in that uh, game as well. So if, if you want a video game to play, um, you'll, you'll need more than 30 minutes. I guarantee you'll need at least eight hours because it's like a, it's, it's like a movie. It's like a choose one adventure movie. That Mm -hmm. game is awesome. And there's something about horror video games where horror movies, I can watch whatever, but horror video games, it's (laughs) it's a total different story. I'm on edge the whole time I'm playing until I play it three or (laughs) three times. Like one of yeah, I think games. that's one that uh, I think all three of us actually here in the podcast have actually beaten, which is a rarity. But yeah, yeah. So he's uh, yeah. So he did it until dawn. Uh, I sell the dead. We're still here. Like honestly, whatever he touches is gold. It's it's just too bad he isn't uh, hasn't broken through more mainstream stuff. I do think the PS4 game kind of helped him in that, but uh, his movies are worth getting. They're worth finding out. Um, you know, and there's many that I haven't uh, of his that I haven't watched yet. So it's something mm-hmm. that I'm looking forward to picking up. Yeah, I got to pick up. They just they did release that through uh through Scream Factory and I really want to pick it up, but I the the one movie I I think I potentially have seen was Wendigo. Okay. Um but I rented it from Blockbuster. Like my buddy was over here like what the hell are we going to get? We picked it up and I just remember it being terrible. I don't know if it was that movie, but I remember uh, there being like this dancing deer looking thing. Well, he, he does have a film called Wendigo. Um, yeah. You know, again, he, he's an indie guy, right? So his right. first, and I think that collection collects mostly his earlier work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might not be what we're used to, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got to pick it up. I just, uh, one, it's, right. uh, I guess, import in Canada. So it's a, it's a few shekels uh, more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the only reason why I haven't picked it up yet. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I was going to pick it up and then I was like, ah, I don't know, but I, I had such a different taste in film back then than I do now, obviously. And so it would be much different experience, even if it was that movie, which I don't know for sure that it was, but, yeah. um, I do, I do want to pick it up. I'm hoping it'll go on sale at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shit. Speaking of, I just remembered vinegar syndrome, Mm-hmm. Their halfway to Black Friday sale started this morning. Really? Yes. And now I have to like type in the website because I want to make sure I don't miss out on the six month pack. If I it's... loaded up on vinegar syndrome stuff at the wasteland because they have a table there every oh uh, yeah every six months. And yeah, I got so much seventies, eighties pornography, <laughs> and like I got the bees, I got corruption, I got blue awesome. ice. Yeah, I have a lot to watch. I'm very oh, yeah. excited. Yeah, I got a good Vincent con- collection. I, I enjoy their, their releases. But uh, actually, I just looked up the website. It doesn't start until this afternoon, so good. Because I I have to check that out because I want to see what the six-month package is going to cost, which basically you get all the releases from here to the end of the year. Yeah. And it's for one set price. And so I'm I'm thinking about doing it if it's a, if it's a decent price. So we'll That's see. That's pretty badass. And I know when I, went to, uh, when I went to Wasteland and I talked to the guys at the table – Mm-hmm. The more you buy, the more you save. So I got yeah. like I think eight or nine Blu-rays, and I think I only charged me for like six. That's awesome. Because you know they're at a fe- that you're at a convention, and exactly. it's like yeah, you know that comes up like one eighty here, here take it for one twenty. I'm like uh, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I, I I suck at conventions because right. I drink and I buy, <laughs> and I come home and I got a stack of stuff to watch with no time to watch it. 
Exactly. Yeah. And to all of our fans that do enjoy cult cinema, vinegarsyndrome.com, 50% off most of their releases. And they have the six month package this weekend starts the afternoon of the 27th, which is Friday, and it ends Monday at midnight. So definitely check that out. Yes. The best stuff does go fast. They even said that they're going to have some in very limited quantities, some of the items that are out of stock or out of, um, yeah, that have gone like, out of print. And so I'm hoping I can find Sex World on Blu-ray. I've been trying to get that one forever. It's so expensive on Amazon. I got it uh, in uh, April. Yeah, you lucky bastard, you. Yeah, I'm going to watch get that it. One, but... I'm going to watch it and I'm going to uh, Periscope it and just send it to you. <laughs> oh, this is so good. As I eat That's sticks hilarious. of butter and touch myself. Ah, Sex World is so good. Oh, man. All right. So have you done anything fun in this in media this week? No, Mark? leave me alone. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I haven't breakfast yet. Okay. Um, so, again, one of the podcasts I do listen to is the Thorpe podcast, uh, the Talk Without Rhythm podcast that my good friend El Goro does. And um, I'm still getting through a backlog of podcast episodes because I don't want to watch or listen to episodes that uh, of movies I wanted to watch, but I haven't watched yet. So I'm doing yeah, that. Exactly. Um, so I went on a bit of a kick um, and I took care of two uh, podcast episodes. I finally, for the first time, watched Unforgiven from 1992 with Clint Eastwood. Oh, I'd never yes. seen it before. I'm not a big movie. Western guy, mm-hmm. but I think because we did the Tarantino thon a while back and not right now, um, <laughs> you know, rewatching Django, rewatching uh, Hateful Eight. Um, I'm getting getting a better appreciation for for westerns, and I've got the Man with No Name trilogy. I've only watched the first one. Oh, um, so me too. That's I, crazy. I know the exact right? same thing. <laughs> it's dumb. Can, can you also have the Godfather trilogy? I've only seen Godfather Part One. I've oh my God, God, you are me. We are the same person. Dude, I, I know it's ridiculous. it's ridiculous. I accumulate media, and then I accumulate more media without watching the first batch. <laughs> I can honestly not tell you how many times I've watched Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That movie is absolutely a classic, and it's fantastic. It's ridiculous. I still have the Halloween special edition 15-disc box set from uh, from Anchor Bay and the Scream uh, Shout Factory or Scream Factory. Factory. It came out two years ago. It's still shrink wrapped. So you haven't seen the producer's cut of number six? No, I haven't. I need to. Dumb. I know. Why do I keep buying movie? It's so good. This is my addiction. People do coke. People do crack. I buy movies. (laughs) Thank you for telling me about this vinegar syndrome sale. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So so yeah. So I finally watched uh, Unforgiven. Obviously, I loved it. It was fucking amazing. You know, such a great film. So good. And then another film that I haven't watched yet. And mm-hmm. up until like this week, and I don't know why. Fucking Tombstone. Tombstone is amazing. Oh my yes, fucking god! Yes, it is amazing. I had never seen it before. Oh and my god! Oh, I love that it? movie. I know. I've wasted the last thirty-seven <laughs> years of my life. Well, not really because it came out in ninety-three, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I have never seen uh, Tombstone, and it is fucking packed with fantastic actors. Um, Great lines too. Yes. Uh, Kilmer nails it. Nails Kil- that movie. Oh my it's, god! It is Kilmer's movie. Um, I think Michael Bean was fantastic. Powers oh, Booth, yeah. amazing. Um, even Stephen. Oh, is it Stephen Ladd? I'm sorry. Uh, who is the main villain in uh, in Avatar? Stephen Lang. Sorry. Uh, okay. Stephen Lang. Which, oh, that's right. He's in that, isn't he? Oh, the, shit. With the beard. Yeah. Yeah. 
of course, I wouldn't have known without watching Avatar because, you know, it's only like recently where I've seen a resurgence of Stephen Lang. I honestly mm-hmm. do not know his previous movies, uh, apart from Avatar and some shitty film I saw on Netflix called Exeter. Not shitty because of him, just, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, Tombstone, I loved. I fucking loved it. Bill Paxton, um, you know, Kurt Russell, um, and I'm forgetting, oh, what's, uh, man, what's the other brother's name? Um, he's fucking, oh, Sam Elliott. How yeah. can I forget Sam Elliott? Oh, he's yeah. badass in everything he does. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I caught up on those two films, loved it. Um, not available on Netflix, but in Canada is available on showme.ca. Um, so that's how I watched it. I watched streaming on Show Me. I need to buy these for my collection. Yeah, Tombstone because- is absolutely one I recommend. Tombstone is one of the few westerns that my wife even likes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a and, great movie. And it's funny because, like, Unforgiven, more serious, Oxer worthy. Uh, Tombstone, more like a summer popcorn blockbuster. Oh, you know? okay. That, that's I, I haven't felt. seen Tombstone, so. Oh, okay. Well, I'll check it out. It, fantastic. I, I totally recommend it. I give it four stars out of five. Awesome. Um, it's basically if you if if you want to go old school with it, um, when Wyatt Earp came out like a year and a half later or mm-hmm. was it two years later, basically the because Wyatt Earp came out on two VHS tapes. If you popped in the second VHS tape of Wyatt Earp, it was basically Tombstone. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, that's funny. So, so if you love those movies, uh, I would suggest to go back and listen to the Talk Without Rhythm podcast episodes. Um, he, uh, El Gora always does two movies, um, so that they pair up well together. Um, so yeah, I believe those episodes were released in March. So just check out Thorpe, uh, T-H-O-R-P on uh, iTunes and you'll be able to, uh, to listen. So moving on, I also watched The Judge with Robert Downey Jr. and, uh, Robert Duvall okay. that came out in 2014. Um, it's, it seems... I don't know what it is anymore. I love Robert Downey Jr., but I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. is playing Tony Stark <laughs> or if he's actually just playing himself in all these movies. Right. Because he's awesome. And it's, he's like a likable. Even when he's a, an asshole in films, he's still likable. It's that smile, you know? <laughs> Ever since Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the guy's been on a hot streak. Yeah. Except for, was it Due Date? The one with, yeah, I didn't like Due Date, hello. That's a whole <laughs> different story. Um, then apart from watching Saw two twice and Pulp Fiction three times, again, sorry. <laughs> um, I also finally watched with my friends, uh, Patrick and Sherry from Winnipeg. They came over last weekend for a visit. Deathgasm. Oh, I, I just rented it. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's so good. It's so much fun to watch. I won't talk too much about it. Um, a little bit of CGI, a little bit of practical effects. Um, if you're a fan of corpse makeup, but you hate the music, <laughs> you know, like I like how corpse makeup looks like it looks badass. These Norwegian death metal bands. I just, I'm not a big fan of Norwegian death metal, uh, but I think <laughs> it looks badass. So that's pretty much it, guys. Um, they, awesome. they look badass without all the shitty Norwegian death metal. Sorry, Norwegian <laughs> death metalers. I just I don't like your music. Um, but it's very fun. So I would totally suggest to watch Deathgasm as well. That's, that's very good. Yeah, I have to check it out. Done. I've got one episode left to watch of the Dead, uh, Daredevil Season 2. Okay. And, uh, oh, I did start watching Lady Dynamite on Netflix, the oh. Maria Bamford uh, show that mm-hmm. just got released last week. Um, quirky. Uh, it's like breaking the fourth wall a lot, which I kind of like. I'm still kind of holding judgment until I've watched more. Uh, not laugh out loud, but very smirky funny. Where, you okay. know, I'll smile. I'm not going to burst out loud laughing. But it's got some really cool <laughs> Yes, on it. Like Miriam Bamford, her stand-up is very funny. 
Um, uh, and then, you know, you've got Patton Oswald guest in an episode. Uh, so did Brian Posehn. So it's that clicky comedy circle. And I like them. So I'm going to keep watching. And uh, yeah, apart from that, it's pretty much it. You know, then slaving to the man and working. So Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, this week I um, – so I, bu- I bought a couple of things. I bought um, Manhunter, the collector's edition, which uh, Scream Factory just released this past week. They had it at Best Buy, which I love when I can find Scream oh. Factory releases at Best Buy. I've never seen Manhunter. You know, I haven't either, but it's, it's a Scream Factory collector's edition, so I bought it. it it's very – it's Michael Mann, but it's very – 80s michael man yeah and uh the guy from csi's in it oh shit the camera yeah william um he's he's basically the lead in the kit in the in the film um manhunter is based off the same book that red dragon is uh, which is it's the uh, william peterson yeah uh which is the prequel to silence of the lambs um yeah, of that series i've only seen silence of the lambs yeah so it, it's sure to check it out manhunter's not bad i like manhunter the first one and yes. then red dragon or no um manhunter would manhunter they changed the name of it because red dragon is the actual book i believe oh okay i think but isn't there a film called red dragon also yes, yes they did a remake because they wanted to okay. do uh, that story with anthony hopkins rather than try to go past hannibal because hannibal was successful they're like hey let's do a, the prequel book uh, gotcha. Red Dragon. And oh, and just uh, for a public service announcement, if you're going to Google uh, the movie, make sure you type in Red Dragon and not Red Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but you. Thank you for that. I, Rocket. I, I, I like Red Dragon <laughs> just a little bit more just because it has Ed Norton and Anthony Hopkins in it. But okay. uh, Manhunter is still a, a pretty decent film. So Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, another one I picked up um, – a buddy I follow on Twitter, he was talking about um, Harvest Lake, which was a kind of an indie film that was released recently. Um, it actually just came out on Vudu a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a limited edition Blu-ray release. And um, so I was looking at it a while ago. I decided, no, I'm not going to do it. But then I kept reading all these positive reviews. And uh, kind of the, the cherry on top was the latest – or no, I guess it was two months ago. It was Horror, Ma- Horror Hound magazine had a, a write-up about it. And I was like, you know what? I need to get this. And so spent a little more than I normally do on Blu-rays, but uh, picked that one up. Limited edition Blu-ray. I got number 247 of 750, and it's signed by three people. Um, I'm not sure if it's three. I can't remember if it's three of the castmates or a couple of the cast and the director, whatever the case is. It's signed. So it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, picked I that follow, one up. I follow Illy Church on uh, Facebook. I met her at Tim Wasteland a while back. And, uh, oh, man, she's I have a mini crush on her. Yeah. But, uh, she's the one that was in that movie that I uh, talked about, uh, Time to Kill. Which okay. That was really bad from a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. which, again, just the, the, the script was bad. It wasn't yeah. really the acting. But, uh, yeah, I heard Harvest Lake is awesome. I just yeah, me too. Watch it yet. So that's another one I'm, I'm looking forward to, to to checking out. It looks really cool. Um, aside from that, uh, so when we initially sat down to record this on Wednesday evening, I um, <laughs> I had very little to talk about. But in the past, I had yesterday off, and so and I had today off, and so it just worked out. So I got to play a lot and uh, watch a few uh, a little bit more. So I have more to talk about. So buckle in. So I watched um, Fifth Wave, and oh, how bad was wow. it? Wow. That was terrible. Oh, that looked terrible just from the yeah. the preview you know, or the trailer. But yeah, and, and like, I like I like Zoe. Uh, is it Zoe Morins? Morins? Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, yeah. Not, she's wait, a good actress. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I hated everything about it except Chloe Moretz. Like, she's the only good thing about it. 
Oh, wow. That's – But like the love story they throw in there was just ridiculous. I mean there's almost no character development outside of Moretz's character. Uh, It felt incredibly streamlined, which meant that these characters had to come up with just the most laugh out loud, ridiculous conclusions based on so little things, which of course they were right because that's the way it goes. But they just came out of fucking nowhere. Um, There were a couple – hang on one sec. I swear to God, I just heard a door close and I'm here alone. So it just scared the shit out of me. (laughs) But anyway. uh, You like Hush, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, So there were uh, a couple characters I just hated because they were so poorly written and so poorly cast. Uh, Bridget, she'd been waiting months to see this movie and even she didn't like it at all. Uh, She was very thankful I talked her out of spending 25 bucks on it on the Blu-ray when it came out and instead we rented it. But man. I like. I will not be watching any of the sequels. I gave it one and a half out of four stars. Whoa. Do not waste your time unless if you're under sixteen, you might like it. But even then, it's just like this is not a good film. And I love post-apocalyptic films and and films kind of which is this isn't this is kind of during the apocalypse. But regardless, it's just wow. I was so disappointed with it. Yeah, it just didn't look good to begin with. Like the uh, campaign. Uh, on TV and mm-hmm. you know like the trailer, and it's like it, it. It looks like you know. It, it's, <laughs> I don't know what it looked like because I yeah. can't think of the words. It just looked like Pleh, if that's a I, word. I was, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. <Pleh. laughs> um. Yeah. And so I'll kind of keep this one short. I picked up the so because I was thinking about streaming for my June challenge, I wanted to be able to like have a video with the stream. And so I was like, well, let's pick up a connector, the PlayStation four camera, but the connect was like twice the price. I was like, okay, let's go with the PS four camera. So I bought the PlayStation four camera. I moved my PS four downstairs to my home theater system. The problem is my home theater system was 120 inch uh, projector or screen with a projector. And so I had this camera. I can't, uh, long story short, I couldn't use it with my projector system that I have set up down there. I even went out the next day, bought an extension cable, thinking that if I could put it on top of the projector, maybe that would work. Well, no, it didn't. And so I returned both the camera and the extension cable, got my my money back, and uh, that was a failed experiment. And so I don't know how I'm going to get video in. I could just – I'm still toying with some ideas, so I'll, I'll, I won't bore you with details, but uh, more importantly – I rented both Overwatch and Battleborn. So I grabbed Overwatch on Xbox One and I grabbed Battleborn on PS4. Now, these, of course, are kind of the this month's competing shooters. They're both first-person online shooters. They have a very similar art style. They're both like anime-style art. Um, So, yeah. So let me first give you this caveat. And so I suck ass at online shooters. It doesn't matter what game it is. There was like... One or two online shooters that I was good at and I played the hell out of. One of them was the original Homefront. I loved that one. I don't know why, but I did. And then I can't remember which one. There was one of the Battlefields. I want to say it was probably like Battlefield 2, I I think it was. I used to play that one online too with my buddy. But other than that, I'm just – I'm terrible at shooters online and so I don't normally play them. So take what I'm saying here with a a, a grain of salt. But between the two, Overwatch – so, okay, Overwatch, I started playing it. I wasn't a fan, but I played it a lot more. So I probably put a couple hours into each and Overwatch is growing on me as I play it, but it's still just another online shooter. I mean, it's just, no, there's nothing really special about it. It's not bad, but I can see it getting old pretty fast. It's just squad um, based, right? Like a squad yeah, based shooter? Like, uh, I, I, I heard it was one? like 
Yeah, I heard it's basically Team Fortress 3. If they were to make a Team Fortress 3, that would Overwatch would be it. Team, yes, that's exactly. I didn't hear that before, but that's exactly what I was thinking. I had to remember which Team Fortress was. That's the one you get with, uh, like, on the orange box, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. That's that's what it reminds me of. Exactly that. But like, I don't know. So that one Overwatch grew on me a little bit. Out of the two, Overwatch is is to me the better game. So Battleborn, it did the opposite. I started playing it and I was like, oh yeah, I like this. You know, this is actually better. I like this one during my first match. And then as I played it more, I started seeing its flaws. So first off, on Battleborn, the matchmaking takes forever. And then once you select your character, you have to sit there for 90 seconds. There's a timer. That's counts down from 90 while other players choose their characters or the game loads or I don't know what the hell it's doing, but it takes forever. That's a long and, time. Yeah. And then the match, the matches like have a 30 minute timer. They take a long time. Whereas Overwatch is a lot shorter. I want to say there's like a 10 minute timer or so. Um, the character in Battleborn I played, at least the character I played with, um, which in Battleborn, all, not all the characters are unlocked. Unlike Overwatch where all, all the characters are available. Okay. But in Battleborn, the character didn't have a melee attack, which was just annoyed the hell out of me. Um, Killing someone in Battleborn was just so fucking difficult. You get they the characters you're playing against have so much armor and then have so much health. I would literally just sit there and shoot at him for like thirty seconds and he wouldn't die. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So and then yeah, that's true. And then I would would give so much damage to this player, and then someone else would come in and get the final like get the little last red bar to go away to actually kill him. Uh, I would get nothing and the other person would get the kill. And so then at the end, even though I did all this damage, it looks like I did nothing. I have like one kill to their 20 or whatever the fuck the number is. Whereas in Overwatch, you get points for damage and that shows up at the end. So it looks like, you know, you actually did something. You weren't yeah. just a douchebag standing there. Um, there are more game modes in Battleborn. There's three versus the two in overwatch but frankly i couldn't find the other mode in overwatch i could only find the one um which is is pretty good but it gets old after a while whereas the in battleborn there's of the three modes only one i would ever play again the other two are just shit um and the one i would play is basically the same it's like a uh, capture the point type thing okay there's like three three spots on the map you have to catch them and then you get points and blah 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 um yeah i don't know it's just Ah, I don't well, you, know. You know. I'm glad funny. I rented both. It, it's funny because like I do uh, watch a lot of Twitch just because again no cable. Yeah, and nobody's playing Battleborn. Everybody's yep. playing Overwatch. Yep, it's so true. I, I noticed that same thing because I was watching some Twitch uh, this this past couple nights here. Uh, and you're absolutely right. But I mean, I, mind obviously, Overwatch came out Tuesday. Battleborn came out two or three weeks ago, so that obviously factors in. But still, there's a still, reason. Yeah. There's a reason in my ass why people are playing Overwatch versus Battleborn. Overwatch is is the better game. Um, I, but I was gonna I was gonna buy Battleborn actually last night. Uh, oh, really? Doing some online gaming until yeah. you know, it bumped to the head and you know Tarantino. Right. Um, but <laughs> I, I didn't want to pay you know like eighty bucks for a game I wasn't gonna play like I did mm -hmm. for Doom. Um, again, uh, unrelated reasons. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, it, it got like a seven out of ten on Metacritic. Mm -hmm. And again, nobody's playing it. And I had such yeah. good hopes, high hopes for it because it's made by Gearbox and they're the ones who played, who made Borderlands. And right. I love Borderlands 1 and 2. I didn't play the prequel, but, uh, so I'm kind of disappointed. It's shitty. Yeah, I am too. Um, I didn't expect much. I wasn't looking forward to either of these games, but I got, I fell into the hype the last couple of weeks here, last couple of weeks. I do you know, love the characters so of Overwatch. 
the characters look fantastic in Overwatch. I they look those. good, yeah. I, there's only a couple. And I, now, see, that's the thing. There are m- more characters I like playing in Overwatch than the couple I tried in Battleborn. Um, and in Overwatch, they kind of separate them. There's like four for, you know, attacking, four for strategy, four for defense, and four for like healing or, you know, support, basically. Um, and so, and they break them out that way. So, you know, what the characters are, are actually good for, which I think is cool. So I, basically long story short, Overwatch is definitely better than Battleborn. But for me, I'm glad I didn't spend 60 bucks on either of them. The other thing to keep in mind, Battleborn already dropped down to 40 bucks at Best Buy this week. Really? Uh, in the U S yeah. So Overwatch expect that price drop in the coming weeks here too. Well, maybe Overwatch is selling like crazy. Um, and I think they, we actually, there was some debate that uh, Battleborn's price drop was not because it's not selling well. It's to keep competitive with Overwatch. To compete, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, regardless, there are so few games that don't drop in price after the first two or three weeks they've been out nowadays. Yeah. I think I'm done buying games on release date or pre oh, am games. Like, yeah. There's no point. One, I don't have time to play them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, by the time I do get to play them, um, you know, the game's like 20 bucks. I haven't played uh, Watch Dogs yet. You know, I just... <laughs> I, I'm stupid like that. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. I, no, I, I hear you. The, and plus, in Canada, like Doom was seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, it's crazy. And with the special edition online, it was like 120 bucks. 120 bucks for a fucking video game? Are you serious? I can get like, two for that price in the States if I'm oh paying full God. price. It's disgusting. It's yeah. at a point where like it's almost a turnoff. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, it, it is a turnoff. I, I, I don't get hard for that price. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, do the money. I need to. I need to try Doom. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I'll probably do that once I return these two. But yeah, the only reason I bought Doom on release day was because I got the ten dollar pre order bonus from Best Buy, and I have the Best Buy Gamers Club, so I only pay like forty five bucks, around forty five bucks for each brand new video game, and I got the ten bucks off or like the ten bucks in reward certificate. So that's why I did it. But I pay full price like a sucker. Yeah. See, I, I, I've been thinking about getting the Best Buy one, but I don't buy enough games anymore. It's yeah, it's like a basically I ask for a couple for Christmas, and like mm-hmm. I pick up like a here a few here and there. But when you buy RPGs, you know that's what you right. end up playing for months. So, yeah. I mean, hell, I'm still playing Dragon Age and Fallout Four, and <laughs> it's like you know, <laughs> I still haven't finished a story in Fallout Four yet, and I've been playing since November. So. <laughs> Because I want to do everything. I want to do all the side quests yep. before going to, to the main quest and da, 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 you know, so. Yep. Yeah. So that's enough video game talk this week. Let's move on to our discussion of Saw 2. So continuing our, our Saw Complete series arc. All right. So Saw 2 was released in 2005 and there will be spoilers. Keep that in mind. There will be spoilers for Saw and Saw 2. So if you're not following along, we definitely recommend you pause the podcast, go watch, catch back up, and then push play on the podcast once again. So Saw 2 was directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, who um, has done a number of horror films since then. It was written by Lee Winnell and Darren Lee. Darren Lynn Bowsman as well. It has an IMDb score of 6.6 out of 185,934 votes at the time of this recording. It has a meta score of 40, tomato meter of 36%, and an audience score of 59%. It grossed over $87 million on its measly budget of $4 million, which is still four times more, or about four times more than the first film. So, 
Yeah, opening weekend, it made $31.9 million. Oof, good lord. Which probably greenlit Saw 3. Which yeah, yeah, exactly. The day it released, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So with this one, now, Mark, we were talking about if we're going to jump around or kind of go from start to finish, feel free, uh-huh. jumping around, totally fine with me. Um, the first thing I'm going to mention is um, the kind of the, this opening scene, but feel free to jump around as we go. Can we jump um, so to Saw 7 and finish this? <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so we open up with this trap that reminded me a ton of the bear trap in the first film yes he calls it the venus fly it, it's like a venus fly trap and so basically he's here because he's a snitch and so um immediately i feel like we're playing at a different level than we are with saw with the the eye i mean he's ho- just him holding the blade to his eye, I was cringing. I didn't want to look. It was, yeah. oh, God. that The idea of slicing open your eye is just, it's too much for me. Well, see, me is more like, well, he's got that big welt under his eye. Mm-hmm. Can't he just pop that welt open and then, like, try right. to fish for the key that way? You know, That's like, what I was wondering why he didn't do that also. Yeah. Like, like I don't know about you, but all my keys are attached to a key ring. And that looked like it would probably hold the key ring in that little pussy eye thing. So, <laughs> you know, you can at least slice that sucker open and let the bloodletting out or something. But Yeah. Did. Yeah. It was straight for the eyeball. Whatever. Yeah. I know. I know. But obviously he, he fails and, and the, the trap closes. But one thing I love about this opening scene that I missed throughout the rest of the film, which I, is something I loved about the original Saw the the frantic editing that we had leading to his demise was so awesome. It was great. And then we kind of lose that. Bowsman takes very little chances with his cinematography throughout the rest of the entire film. In fact, there are – I can't think of any other moments where I'm like, yes, this looks really good. Unlike in the original Saw with James Wan who would take these chances and do a bunch of different cool things. Um, and so that is – was a big uh, just negative to me. Uh, was well, was the cinematography in this one compared to the last? As well, it is a bit of a different film because all those cool oh, yeah. like flash they're all flashbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's happening in you know air quotes real time, so right? You won't, you won't have that type of you know uh, frantic uh, photography, uh, still imagey, you know, high speed thing going on, mm-hmm. um, just because it doesn't really go with the with the with the time lapse or time frame of the film this time. Yeah, that's true. I, that's true. But I still I feel like there are places where you can take bigger risks with how you're choosing to, to frame the shot, how you're choosing to, to film the shot, how you're choosing to edit it, light it, things like that, that I didn't think he took. Yeah, I just find this is, uh, you know, playing more as a real time event, Yeah, you know, because like mm-hmm. the film's like 90 some minutes, you know, and they got like 90, 90 minutes to two hours or something, you know, or no, two to three hours, you know, in their, right. in their world. So. I just think I think it goes back to that type of uh, uh, photography or mm-hmm. filmmaking in the next one. Uh, again, I'll have to wa- probably watch it today. Um, yeah, I haven't seen. Myself. I haven't seen it in so long. I couldn't even. I don't even know if I remember what it's about. Honestly, I'll remember is a shotgun uh, collar, but that's again. We'll talk about that. Okay. Next yeah. Um. So, what did you guys think of? Um, Donnie Wahlberg, uh, he was obviously Donnie Wahlberg's the lead in this one. He was playing Eric Matthews. What did you think of him in this film? Um, he's another uh, Danny Glover style character, you know, <laughs> flawed cop, dirty cop, 
Not, not, right. Glover wasn't a, a dirty cop, though. But Yeah, uh, exactly. In this one, we find out through the course of the story that Wahlberg used to plant evidence. Um, you know, in a lot of his cases, they had convictions. So he's a slime ball. And it kind of shows. You look, you see his apartment. It's like he lives in a, you know, uh, hourly motels. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how you can get comfortable <laughs> in right. a place like that. You know, so he's a scumbag. Just in this case, he's a scumbag with a badge. Um, so his portrayal, eh, whatever, you know, uh, yeah. I, I didn't think it was very good in the film, but I didn't think right. it was bad either. Yeah. It there was, was he, he was just there. Yeah. There were so many moments where like, it just looked mildly irritated. That's the look on his face. And it reminded me so much of uh, his brother in, during the happening. <laughs> I, that's, I couldn't get that out of my head. Uh, he was, yeah. I really didn't like him. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the Wahlbergs as actors yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, he didn't do anything for me in this movie at all. I agree with you. I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was very good. The oh. The stakes were so high in the writing, but the actor was not embodying those stakes at all. It just felt like this was a, just like I said, like a mild, uh, What's uh, discomfort, a mild uh, problem that he had to deal with. And it was not, I didn't believe that his son was actually in danger. And I think that's, I mean, that's huge in a film like this one where literally the only likable character in this whole fucking film is arguably his son. Yeah. And he (laughs) just wants a little of his father. Exactly. When he had that uh, that fight on the pier, he was breaking into tears. He just kept kept the face. But Mm -hmm. like... You know, he doesn't want to say those bad things to his dad. He's lashing out because he wants his father's, you know, attention. Yeah. And, you know, the dad doesn't realize it, you know. Um, but a reason why this film might not feel like the other Saw films as well is that uh, Darren Bozeman, he was shopping a script uh, that became this film called The Desperate. And oh. I guess the producers, uh, since Saw became such a huge shit, saw the script thought they could easily put this into the Saw universe. So that's where Lee Whannell uh, did some uh, some tweaking to the script to make it into the universe. Okay, that makes and, sense. And that's how this film came to be. So maybe the reason why it doesn't feel like the previous film and the future films is because it wasn't written with Saw in mind. Mm-hmm. You know? I'll um, tell you, though, I with that known now, I think they did do a, a, a pretty damn good job of keeping it in this Saw universe. Or build, uh, bringing it into the Saw universe, I guess I should say. I thought yeah. they did a pretty good job of that. It, it's interesting because I, I watched a commentary on this, and it had uh, Bozeman, it had Wahlberg, and he also had um, Beverly Mitchell. Um, she would be the uh, the blonde cleavage of this movie, and yeah. um, from Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven, yes. And um, apparently, all the traps in the film, apart from the Venus flytrap from the beginning, was already in the script. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I don't know if this was written like a Saw ripoff, but at the <laughs> same time, um, Saw had just come out when I, this yeah. was being shot, so it's maybe more coincidence. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, so I just found that kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Jigsaw in this one, he he carves a Jigsaw piece out of his victims. Now, that's that's he something that new, isn't one. it? No, he did he that did? in the first one. Yes. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Okay. Yeah. He did that. Anyone, anyone who died, yeah, he took the saw, huh. the jigsaw piece. Okay, I completely missed that in the first one. I, th- I thought that was something new that they introduced in this, but okay. 
I was I was wondering. So good. Thank you for clearing that up. So you're welcome. <laughs> I, I am glad that they used. Uh, is it Tobin? Is that the actor's Tobin name? Bell? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Tobin yeah. Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that they used him a lot more in this because mm-hmm. when we're not with the people in the house, him and uh, he basically carried that portion of the movie with the Wahlberg section for me. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he just he was fantastic. Yeah, just, I think he's great. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, just the way he delivers his lines, just mm-hmm. cold, calculating, you know. Yep. Yeah, he's just perfect. He's, he's just always cold, in control. But at the same time, weirdly enough, he's kind of sympathetic. I Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, it's kind of like, I, I want him to succeed. <laughs> Is that bad? I don't know. I, I, you know, I kind of I, I like him having the upper hand. I don't know why. I just do. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's weird because as I was watching, I was thinking to myself, ah, I don't, I don't really, f- like, I feel like he could be a sympathetic character given a situation, but it's the choices that he's made that makes me dislike him. Just because he is dying of cancer doesn't mean, doesn't give him the right to go in and fuck with other people's lives just because they might not be doing what he sees is the right thing or not. And so because yeah, of that, okay. fuck him. Well, at the same time, though, you know, it's like, you know, I, I'm dying. You people have, you know, this life ahead of you, but you're, you're, you know, you're flushing it down the drain. Mm-hmm. So let me give you a new perspective on life. But he's now sure. Maybe his methods are kind of iffy, <laughs> but I think the, I, I think his, uh, his, uh, methods might be crude, but his motivation is, is is good. Become a motivational fucking speaker then. Nobody, oh, Tony Robbins, do you, would, would you change the <laughs> channel if he's on TV? Yes. <laughs> would, would you, my, change, my point would you is, listen to Jigsaw? Fuck yeah, I would. There's a million different ways to go about it that, that are, are better than this, that are less psychotic than this. Because if you don't get the message or you can't succeed in whatever he's having you do, you die. And but so... All these guys are psychotic. You look at the Wolf of Wall Street. He was a crazy psycho. Money, more financial and excess, but he was a psycho. Uh, the only like motivational person I can think of that probably did good is Richard Simmons. Yeah. Swimming to the oldies is awesome. <laughs> we know what Mark does on Friday nights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I watch it fast forward to get a great workout in 20 minutes. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. But. I don't know. So I just I have a hard time seeing him as sympathetic, I guess, just because of the methods, the way he chooses to go about things. Well, look what he did to, to Amanda, you know, yeah. Like killer. Yeah. Well, you know, he mentored her after, but the whole life thing, she, he, he kind of did change her life. She stopped doing the drugs. She might have, you know, issues with, you know, proper uh, people to look up to. But, you know, she did stop her her abusive ways to herself. Right. She stopped her abusive ways to herself so that she could go on to this house and kill, be a part of killing four or five other people. That's a minor gripe. I think you're looking for this. Oh, man. Well, see, I don't know. And that's the thing with this is he brought her into this. Okay. Now, imagine if the janitor in the first movie had succeeded. Mm-hmm. He'd be doing it instead of Amanda. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, yeah. He, he needs one like disciple. He doesn't mm-hmm. want many disciples. 
he just needs one person to carry out, uh, you know, well, that, actually, well, that's not true if you look at the future films. Yeah, he just wants a close-knit group. He, he doesn't want, you know, a lot of followers, I guess. Yeah. Huh. He, just, he just needs muscle. He needs brains. Well, he's got the brains. He needs the muscle. And then he needs, uh, I guess, well, in a way with Amanda, kind of the sex appeal to have people follow her. Because she is damn sexy in number two. And yeah. little uh. tidbit, little tidbit, four months pregnant during filming. Didn't tell anybody until after the fact. Are you serious? Legit. Wow. Yeah, as per the awesome commentary. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I yeah, never four months pregnant. Well, good for her. Yeah. Um, the whole, like, when... So basically, what gets the police, the detectives, to Jigsaw is this, like, ridiculous memory, this insanely detailed memory that Wahlberg has while he's half-sleeping, can't-sleep type thing, where he focuses in on, like, the collar that the guy was wearing for the Venus flytrap, and that's how he knows where to go, which I thought was just so ridiculous. That's kind of lame. You would think that their fucking forensic guys could read the label on the machine. Exactly. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Um, so now I felt like these two detectives, so let me get their names. Um, obviously, uh, Eric and, um, what was her name? Allison, Detective Allison Carey, Allison played Carey. by Dina Meyer. Um, I feel yeah, like Dina they, Meyer's ha- awesome. uh, she's, mm-hmm. she's good. I like her. I like her too. Ah. And according to the commentary, I don't know if her and Donnie Wilbur got along because he gave her a lot of backhanded compliments. In, oh, really? Uh, in, yeah. So I don't know if there was like just, you know, they just didn't rub each other the right way or something. Yeah. But it was like a lot of backhanded compliments towards her. It was hmm. it was kind of weird. That is weird. And now I could have like. You know, oh, see, now I don't even like, I don't like Donnie Wahlberg anymore now. <laughs> he kept like excuse me and then like oh yeah but she's pretty oh, yeah she's a nice girl i'm like Jeez. ah dude yeah you don't you, yeah it, it was weird i don't like mm. him either so i felt like they had a history together though that was never really uh expanded upon or touched upon my guess they He's were divorced. they were partners i think yeah I, but i felt like it was intimate yeah, uh, I think I got that vibe as well, okay. and that's why he's so standoffish against her. Right, because he probably caused the riff in his marriage, which caused uh, you know his uh, his son to live more with his mom, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and him living in that shitbag flea apartment. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm thinking she was uh, she was a wedge into his perfect air quotes life. So, mm-hmm. so I wasn't remembering any of this film. Until we got, until he ripped the, um, the, like the sheet off the computer monitors. And I was like, oh, there it is. Cause I remember this film being people stuck in a room. And obviously it's people stuck in a house, but still, same thing. And it, for the first 10 minutes, there was nothing. And I was like, man, I don't, maybe I'm thinking of a different saw I or something. So too, yeah. I, I, did, but, I, I actually having so much time between my original watching of this and now actually like I'd forgotten like a lot of this movie. So it was, it was actually nice watching it again. Definitely. And I feel like it's going to be even better as I go through, but um, except for the last one, I remember that one pretty well. Um, I I have a different take on it. I remember like the, uh, the set pieces. Okay. And I remember this movie being so awesome and I'm watching it and fuck, this movie was bad, man. I, 
So we recorded the opening of this podcast three times, and I asked a different question each time. Mark had a different comedic bit at the beginning each time, which is very impressive. Thank you. One of the questions I asked was about like what you would consider one of your favorite films, and the reason that brought that up was because I was going through IMDb, and I actually gave this film on IMDb 10 out of 10 the first time <laughs> I saw it. And so I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Because I didn't like it nearly as much this time around, which – Neither yeah. did I. Like I, I, I loved the, the whole syringe pit scene. Yeah, that was that was good. To me, that was the highlight. And plus, obviously, the the end reveal. I think I loved, I liked Saw Two so much because of the reveal twist at the end. Yes, which was awesome. Yes, but the rest of the film, dog shit. Like honestly, I thought Saw Two was the pinnacle. Yeah, uh, Saw One was so much better. And I watched Saw One three times in like in the last right. week prior, and I think it holds it better than Saw Two. See, that's the thing. I didn't remember the movie, but I know I knew the twist. I knew that Amanda was the one doing it. See, I remembered that. The, yeah, yes. I remembered that. But I See, didn't remember what, the 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 real twist was the yeah, if he just listened to not, Saw and exactly. sat there. Exactly. Yeah, not real time. Yeah. Yeah. Just sit and talk to me and your right. son is in a safe, safe place. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And secure place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's was like that's where I kind of lost my show. I'm like, oh my god you know yeah but uh, yeah see and i think what i uh, knowing that watching it this time i th- i th- maybe that's why i liked it so much more the first time was because i was blown away by both of those aspects the fact that amanda was working with him and then the fact that it wasn't in real time i may have just been blown away by that the first time i watched it I that agree. i was like oh my god best movie ever you know yeah. but now knowing that Neither of them struck me as entertaining or as uh, not. That's not the right word. As as just interesting. Yeah. Whereas watching Saw, I knew the ending, but it was still so goddamn powerful. Watching it last week or two weeks ago, whenever the hell it was that I watched it, and so I think I don't know. Just this one doesn't hold up. The ending doesn't hold up for me the way that the original does. Uh, uh, same way. Um, you know, the, the original um, is just so superior. Mm-hmm. And you know it isn't a money thing because I find the traps in the first one again better. Yeah, I thought the traps in this one kind of sucked. Um, like e- even if we go to the furnace uh, scene, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's where I was wanting like, to go. Okay, so either okay, so there's a nods. Uh, there's a nods. There's a uh, there's a, uh, a, a not a fuck. There's a faucet style. There's a tap right to turn off the gas. Okay, okay a dial or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he could have just reached in the fire and turned the dial, but no, he's going to burn. <laughs> yeah. And then he's going to go through. Or did he walk back? No, he didn't. He didn't crawl back. Anyways. Um, There's t- a window a- in the back that they smashed that he tried to crawl out of. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought he crawled back to the fire to get back to the entrance, but that wasn't the, the story. Uh, pretty much like just, you know, take a moment. You'll feel the burn, but then you'll survive instead mm-hmm. of um, – Instead of, you know, burning to death. But now what I did like, and they did mention this in the commentary, is that the guy who did that, he did his research. Well, first of all, creepy fuck, he spent a night in a funeral uh, uh, fire thing um, just to get the feel of it. So he actually slept one night in one of those things. And the second thing he did, which you'll notice, is that when he's on fire, he doesn't scream. Because it isn't the fire that's going to kill you. It's the heat that enters your lungs. Right. Okay. So it's not until the end where he starts screaming because he can't hold his breath anymore. 
but mm. it's not the actual flame that will kill you. It's it's the heat that enters your system, which I found that's, very interesting. Yeah, that's very cool. Which would then also at the same time, you know, at the end he screams and then he starts yelling or and he starts <laughs> talking or something really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wouldn't happen because his lungs would be incinerated. Yeah. So whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I, cool. uh, yeah, I just didn't find the, the traps that interesting in this film. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You know, I I they, it, this yeah, this one definitely has more. The one trap that got me is the one where they threw Amanda into the needles. Yeah, the needle yes. pit. That, oh, Jesus. That's still, fuck, oh, I'm cringing right now thinking about it. <laughs> but it just, that one, that one got me. I didn't even necessarily, in the first one, but yeah, the others were kind of like, it's like, really, you can't look at that and see how to get out of this or what? But mm-hmm. Yeah, see, like, when she got, because I knew the twist, I, when she got thrown in there, I was, I was like, good, because fuck this bitch. She's setting all these people up for death. Yeah. And, you know, because I knew that she was, I was like, you know, fuck her. But at the same time, Xavier, the hard ass in the film, was like the most despicable character out of both these films so far yes. and i just loathed him with every fiber in my being i wanted him to die a painfully agonizing death and uh so i was that's why i was hoping he was going to get in there but okay i have a problem with him as well yeah so he cuts again jumping at the end right yeah, absolutely so, like, he's yeah. cutting the back of his neck get the number on his neck mm-hmm what the skin that he peeled off and then showed to uh, Amanda and uh, the kid? Yeah, was way too. It was cut way too straight. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. Was like, that's a that's a perfect square. Yeah. There is no way in fuck you're going to cut a perfect square with a knife, no yep. mirror in the back of your neck. Yeah, and they do something. Happen. There's something similar that happens in Fifth Wave where they cut something out of their the back of their neck, and so okay. it reminded me of this. And I'm like, how in the fuck are these idiots getting like a perfect cut every damn time they're doing this? And then I remembered Xavier. How the hell is he getting a perfect square? Like he's cutting the back of his own neck. Like this is so unrealistic. It's like, come on. Yeah, I thought so. I thought it was ridiculous, but whatever. You know, I'm just like, there's no way. Yeah. Um, I liked the um, so the gunshot to the head was another moment where I was like, oh yeah, you can you can see the larger budget here. You're gonna get a little gorier. Um, still not nearly what we get later on, but definitely gorier. Um, just the way his head's kind of open and destroyed. It was really gross. I thought that was really cool. But mm-hmm. and it was at that point that I wrote down that this it just feels like a slower moving movie than the first one as well. The pace is a lot slower, especially when we're talking with Jigsaw and and Eric. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. I think the I think the the nerve toxin was a bit much, you know. Yeah. Like, it, I, and I think the the traps were ended up being a lot lesser because of the nerve toxin because they basically mm-hmm. like they couldn't think their way out of some of this shit. So I don't know. It just I don't know that that kind of bothered me. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure where he would have gotten that nerve toxin. <laughs> like, you know, he is a, um, you know, he, he's, he's an engineer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where is he getting it? Like how, where would he get his supply for it? Uh, I, I don't know. Who knows? That's, I think that's, that's way too deep. <laughs> for yeah. The, the saw mythos. If, if I'm annoyed with a film, I'm going to ah, go yep. there 
you know and honestly i was annoyed with this film and mm-hmm. i didn't want to be i want to love this film because yeah. i remember really liking it and uh, i was just irritated mm-hmm. no i agree with you that's how it is it's like i can if i like in a movie i can forgive almost anything but when i'm not liking a movie like fifth wave as I was watching it, I just, I hated it. And so everything that was going on, I had to have a comment to Bridget about because like, I just like, this is so bad. I can't forgive anything. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. I mean, I think it's probably like that with everybody, you know, you can forgive things if you're enjoying it. And then if you're not, every little nitpick is a problem and it becomes a bigger problem just because you're not liking it. You're not having a good time. And the fact that, you know, I, I can't shit on the film mm-hmm. if I don't watch it to completion. Right. I just don't think it's fair, you know. Yeah. Um and again, I'm not shitting on this movie. I'm just really showing its errors with a micros- with a magnifying glass because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it isn't obviously it will not be the worst film in the series. Right. And it, it's not a horrible film. Yeah, it, I didn't it's, it's just I think I'm just more upset at myself because I remember it being so awesome. Yeah. And then watching it, you know, 11 years later and I'm like, yeah, it's not. Right. Right. You know. See, but I ended up time, I oh, actually had a different reaction than you guys cuz I actually kind of I actually like this one a lot more now than I did the first time I watched it. Even, oh, okay. Even with the twist. I, and I, I recognize its flaws, but um, I don't know. I kind of liked the whole experiment by throwing Amanda in there to, to do that and everything else. I mean, basically, Amanda's there to make sure that the sun survives. That's it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, I don't know. It just, that, that kind of aspect was interesting. Um, uh, and he also saves her because then you got uh, you got uh, Frankie G, uh, whatever yeah. his uh, name is, uh, in the, it was in the just film, Xavier. Um, like he slices his neck in a mm-hmm. pretty gory, you know, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he, like Daniel, grows a set of balls, you know. Right. The point where, like you know, she's got, like he's protecting her. She's got him by the shoulders, and I'm like, this is this is mildly sexual. It's like. You know, she's kind of messed up. Maybe, you know, he's like, ah, I protected her. Where's my kiss? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I'd be lying if I said I got that. But hey, good for you, Mark. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm looking at this movie in different angles. And right, thinking, right. You know, like he saved her. And now, like, they, you know, they're, well, they're not safe from the house yet because they're still, um, they, they still got the, the, the disease mm-hmm. uh, or the, the, the poison gas. But I'm like... Ah, maybe maybe she will give him with a kiss for thinking uh, her because she like he wasn't supposed to be down there in the room at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he was the random element in the house because he was so uh, he was so uh, violent. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you saved me. Maybe I'll spare you. Hmm. Maybe a little kiss. No, it's a hug. Are you cold? I'm cold too. Let's put our bodies together. To preserve ah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's cold here, but I'm getting kind of warm. Ah, oh, huh. Maybe I should put my hands there to keep my hands warm. Ah, oh, my God. oh, I'm sorry. It's snowing. <laughs> no. What the fuck just happened? The aristocrats. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so ridiculous. I haven't had breakfast yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> that explains everything. Now, the, one thing, the one thing I didn't like about Amanda's twist um, was her delivering the exact same line yeah. that Saw did. It, I, I know what they were trying to do. It just mm-hmm. it felt a little flat. 
it it felt absolutely flat. I would agree with you 100%. It not only was the line not delivered with the same oomph that it was delivered in the first one, but the lighting wasn't the same. It wasn't nearly as interesting as in the first film. And then just the whole uh, scenario around it, it just did not work at all compared to the first film. And that's a note that I made when I was watching. I was like, oh, that was that was flat. Again, I kind of liked it. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, came over. He's like, hmm. <laughs> Mark was just so turned on at this point in the film. He was he's, killed for everything. He's wearing his robe. and she's probably wearing I, I do robe. have to note with this one, though, they've gone less with the Hitchcock style. And this is yeah. veering more toward the torture porn. It's not oh, quite. Absolutely. It's not quite torture porn yet. No, I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. No, but, but it's, I, I it's definitely it, heading that way because they're a lot yeah. more graphic with it. They don't, you know, they they don't cut away as much, uh, mm-hmm. or they don't film it so you can't see it and you have to imagine what's happening. You know, yeah. they they do a lot less of that, and I think that that sets the tone as these keep going. I think these veer far more into torture porn after this. Well, I guess, I guess I think also it's it's just it's sequelitis that you have to one up the previous film, mm-hmm. and that's I think why the quality goes down, but the kills get better as the series goes on. Um, is this you have to one up because if you right. maintain status quo, people are going to come back. Yeah. So, if there was one thing that bothered me more than anything in this film, it had to be the fact that the tech team took over a fucking hour to get to where they needed to be. (laughs) Why in the flying fuck did it take them that long to get there? It made no sense to me whatsoever. And it was never explained like, oh, we're so far out. It takes a long time to get in. No, it just, they were taking their sweet ass time. That bothered the hell out of me. I can understand if they raided the house or the, uh, the warehouse at night and they had to call the guys in. Right. This was a daytime raid. Yeah, so they should have been on duty. I know it was just like, what the fuck, man? Well, the other thing is, I don't think if most tech teams don't need that much, they they need some time to get their stuff together too. I would think. I don't think a lot of, especially back in when was this like twenty two thousand three two thousand five. No. This was filmed. Yeah, twenty oh five is when it was released. So yeah, they. Uh, even back well, then, it wasn't like a big thing. It's like most of the time, if you need yeah. a tech team, you know, they don't. Most of the bad shit's already happened. You're just using them to track stuff, yeah. you know, or, or pull stuff up. So they might not have been prepared. But if they're anything like our IT people, you know, they're like, hey, you want to go? No, you go take care of it. No, you take care of it. No, who's turn is it? <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't want to go out to the middle of fucking nowhere to take care of this shit. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't, you didn't gas up the van again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm speaking as an IT professional here, right? <laughs> um, I, I have two things that that I that bugged me in this film. Yeah, go ahead. One um, was the temper tantrum that uh, Matthews gets in front of Jigsaw when he just starts smashing his stuff. Well, that, that was on felt- purpose. Yeah, but that felt so childlike. Yeah, you know the way, like, it, like oh, childlike and almost primitive in a way. Where gorillas trying to uh, ascertain that they're the alpha in the group by beating their chest. Yeah. I feel that was a beating of the chest moment, and at the same time, a very childlike moment 
the way he did it because he's like, you know, obviously he's flustered because, you know, his son's taken. He's on the verge of tears. But it just felt very inappropriate. But the reason team. he the only reason he does that is because um, the uh, was Allison tells him, hey, try to do this because it might get a reaction out of him. And so that's why he runs in there and does it. Yeah, but I think just the way he does it. Oh, okay. Just didn't click for me. Like, honestly. Yeah, like I didn't. He wasn't even basket, he the weight's back on fire. Boom, you know. Yeah, he wasn't even destroying things. He was just moving things around and making a mess. It was like, why, why are you doing this? Venting his frustrations, you know. Uh, no. Because he, he is frustrated. And, like, he's got to really sit down and listen. And he mm-hmm. didn't, you know. Yeah, So exactly. that bugged me. And then the other thing that bugged me is when he gets to the house. And he discovers some of the bodies as he's walking through the house. Mm-hmm. Those bodies looked way too decomposed for like a 24-hour time frame. Like you saw the hand of one person. Yeah. And it just looked like the bodies look way too way too dead. Yeah. You know, for, for the time that elapsed between, yeah. you know, the, the, the video and him getting there. Mm-hmm. So that's something else. Again, I'm, I'm nitpicking right now. Yeah, no, but that's just right, something though. I watched and I, I and, noticed. And speaking of that, speaking of decomposed body, when they open the, the, the bathroom that we get in the first film. Yes. Did you make note that Zepp, his head wasn't destroyed? It was like perfectly intact. When in the end of the first film, Adam has just like just annihilated yes. him with that, with that top of the sh- uh, toilet. Uh, piece there's no way you would even recognize that as a skull i feel like but it looked perfectly intact i was like are you kidding like that's that's easy continuity that you should have been able to fit in there that did not dawn on me at all that's a very good uh, very good point didn't think of that i like the foot that was all like you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah no you're right that head should have been just like a a a caved in skull right like in a hole it should be a bowl bowl head and at the end of the first film, Jigsaw says the key to your to your lock is at the end of the drain or whatever that shit is. So why didn't Adam survive? He all he had to do was get the the key out of the the bathtub, unlock his shit, and then he could leave. I think that the keys probably went down the drain, like and yeah, that went down been. the pipe. That could have like been. when he wake when when he wakes up in the water. Yeah, that thing is gone. So I think like if you want oh, to yeah. maybe. Like chilled right. out when he got out of the water. But mm-hmm. again, would I be chill? Fuck no. I would have done the same thing he did, you know? Exactly. But, uh, plus, the boy's got some fat fingers. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, sp- uh, things that annoyed me. Uh, another one was this whole plot device of – so basically what's going to get everyone kind of to, to turn against the kid in the house – is the fact that they find out that he is the cop's dad. But I, I think that's such a stupid plot device because, I mean, the kid can't pick his father. He had nothing to do with them being locked up. I mean, why yeah. be mad at him? I don't think they really were, to be honest. Right. The only one was Xavier. The others just yeah. like, whatever. Right. It's like, but you, you didn't point, do it. Xavier also was seeing red. He was a mad bull at that point. Yes. So I don't think anything, you know, written or whoever was in the picture would have changed anything. Right, but I think it was more. It was more to get at Wahlberg's character. Yeah, yeah, I that, agree. That's a good point. I agree as well. It just, it, I don't know. It just felt so kind of uh, just. It just didn't work for me. Just useless, pointless. I get, but, I get what they were trying to do with it, but yeah. yeah. But you know, again, we're pooing on this film a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to that needle scene, 
Uh, that, was, yeah. that, that needle pit scene was so awesome. The way those needles looked in the close-ups, mm-hmm. all used and, and yeah. like dried blood, and it looked grimy and rusty. Rusty, yes. Fantastic. Apparently, they used 130,000 needles for that scene. Holy shit. They had to take all the needles out, and they replaced all the needles with fiber optics. Oh, wow. But they had cast and crew members... Uh, taking the safeties <laughs> off all the needles and taking the needles out uh, because they initially had like, I think like 50,000 realized it was not enough. So they <laughs> got like 80,000 needles to fill up the tank or fill up their little pit. That's crazy. Yeah. But I, I thought that scene was so good. And the way she looked in that mm-hmm. pit, with the needles stuck in her, some were yes. digitized, some were, uh, some were, uh, were prosthetics. Okay. Um, and just the way she, she acted like, okay, you know, like the shock is there. She's 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 been hit with needles. Mm-hmm. Now slowly trying to scoop needles away without getting too infected. To me, that was so cool. Like that. To me, that's a highlight of. Oh, again, that and the reveal at the end. That's the highlight of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a great moment, and it's so powerful. I think um, Amanda, the actor actress, did a wonderful job with that, and mm-hmm. it really helped drive it home. I think and- that was really cool. What I thought was interesting in the commentary, mm-hmm. so with Wahlberg and uh, and uh, Bell talking, you know, uh, so Jigsaw and Matthews. Yeah. Uh, and this is funny because you keep mentioning how Matthews is a horrible detective. Mm-hmm. Well, because the scene in the house was taped, he had mementos of those two hours in his office while they were talking. So oh wow! If you, if you looked at the walls behind Jigsaw, yeah, you could have seen schematics of the traps, mm-hmm. and he had pictures of what happened in the house behind him. <laughs> That's awesome! I so didn't notice was, that. So one of the jokes was if Matthews was actually going to this job, he would have noticed this <laughs> while talking to Bell and yep. seeing videos happening, you know, on the screens. Oh Jesus! So I thought that was kind of cool. But he can remember in his dream slash memory a detailed <laughs> yeah. name on a collar. But okay, yeah. I didn't yeah. pick that up. I would have to I need to rewatch just for that now. I know, that's really, that was really cool. I loved when um Jigsaw's getting his ass kicked, he goes, Now that's the Eric Matthews they gave medals to. I thought that was such a great yes. line. Oh, he has so many great <laughs> lines in this. Yeah, the other one I wrote down was earlier, kind of right when they reveal that they're trapped in the house, and he goes, oh, yes, there will be blood. Yeah. Just awesome. Yeah, and then it harks back to the uh, to the movie, There Will Be Blood, even though it was, right. you know, years before. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want a milkshake. <laughs> uh, oh, Isn't that the, wasn't that the tagline for the posters for Saw yeah, 2? Yeah, I saw it on, on yes. it, yeah. Yes, it says, oh, yes, there will be blood. And funny enough, there's also a quote from movie critic, sickly, brilliant, and twizzedly clever, Fred Topol from about.com. <laughs> I have no idea if that is still a thing. I'm yeah. thinking right now. When you, when you Google it, it pops up every once in a while. Well, it looks like recipes and Americana and uh, health and yeah. Yeah, they kind of have a little bit of everything on there. It's uh, never a, a great site to uh, to visit, but they have a lot, a lot of different shit. On their search engine, I'm checking Saw 2, <laughs> and uh, they don't have any articles. So I guess oh, they their philosophies that have been the last 11 years. All right, yeah. It's <laughs> too funny. Yeah. I'm trying to go through my notes here and see if there's um, anything else that's worth talking about. So in terms of scares, 
I think Saw had a, a couple of them, maybe a few of them, whereas this film had almost none. The only point where I was like, I could have potentially jumped was when a man, Amanda pops out in that pig, pig mask yeah, from the, yeah, from the yeah. bathtub and stabs Eric with the needle. That was kind of the only time, but. Well, again, the first saw was more Hitchcock yeah. and like, you know, what's in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And this one wasn't in the shadows at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you saw what you saw. Right. Um, it was more of a thriller than a horror yeah. film, personally, you know. Um, still not that gory, apart from maybe the 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 uh, throat slit right. um, at the end. Um, and he, like even the even the Venus flytrap scene in the beginning, I expected more blood. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I expected blood to come out of the mask, out of the exactly. eye hole, and there was very little blood. Apparently, they did that so they can keep their R rating. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Because apparently uh, Bousman wanted more blood, but uh, they wanted also the film to be, uh, hmm. you know, available to everybody. Speaking so. of this one, I did watch the unrated version. 95 minutes versus 93 minutes. I think it's what it was. Uh, mine, mine's only 92 minutes. Oh, okay. So it must have been the theatrical cut. Uh, yeah. I, it was just a single disc. I, with I the, no uh, idea with if mine was unrated or not. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. The... So I, it's funny, we're talking about whether Jigsaw is sympathetic or not. And so at this point, I wrote down, when the timer hits zero, the safe opens where the police are, and there's Daniel, which means that Jigsaw had no intention in killing Daniel, which yeah. almost makes Jigsaw a little sympathetic to me, because he's truly only attacking those that don't appreciate their lives. But still, it's not his right to do that. Um, and then it kind of goes with Amanda. I mean, she talks about one of the reasons she's doing this is because that she would become immortal. And I think that's just the shitty also. I think that loses the sympathy too between these two. Because she's, well, no, immortal like in like the annals of time, like, uh, you know, uh, infamous or like she'll actually live forever. Well, both. I mean, not literally live forever, but live forever and through history. We talked about. Kind of like a a Twiggy Ramirez type of thing. Is is that? Or is that Marilyn Manson? (laughs) That's Marilyn Manson. I don't don't know. Uh, I don't know either. So yeah, I'll give you my, my final thoughts here on, on yes. Saw 2. So as I mentioned, I gave this film a 10 out of 10 the first time I saw it. But now taking a look at it, it's it's lacking. Um, there's almost no real scares, but there are some gross out moments. But even those are tame compared to what we're going to get later on, which is something that we already mentioned a few times. Um, the story itself moves a bit slower than the first because there's there's less to discover this time around. I think for both the actors or both the characters in the film and for the audience, I mean, we can guess pretty on uh, early on that these people are linked by prison and then you can just connect the dots to Eric. I thought that was a pretty easy reveal or easy thing to put together. Um, I know I didn't like virtually any of the people trapped in the mansion, excluding Dan- uh, Daniel. And so I didn't give a shit whether they lived or not. Um, and it, it furthers the mythos of Jigsaw, but it feels like it's it's only an above average film overall. So I don't know. Bowsman didn't have as much fun with the cinematography as Juan did, which was really disappointing to me. So I gave this one two and a half out of four stars. What about you, Ash? What are your final thoughts on Saw 2? Um, I actually liked it more than I remembered I liked it. Um, probably because I just haven't watched it in forever. Uh, I loved the reveal at the end. I loved Amanda working. I remembered Amanda working with him, but you know the what happened to the kid everything I'd forgotten about completely. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, 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 when I was first watching, I was like, wow, you know, again, and it's just as good as the first one. It's not, but it was still pretty good. Uh, I'd give it two and a half out of four. 
All right. And what about you, Mark? Um, yeah, final thoughts. Uh, again, regarding the people in the house, uh, I think uh, uh, Daniel and Amanda were the only people I was kind of rooting for because I felt bad for Amanda. I'm like, shit, she's in it again, you know? Um, and so, like, the first time watching this, I'm like, man, like, you know, she survived the once. She's, is she going to survive a second time? Obviously, she's one of the cast people that actually recognize some other things. So, you know, yeah, right. she is. Um, but watching it again years later, I'm disappointed. Kind of disappointed more than myself for liking it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think the initial shock of the end is what I think I remember the most, which is what I liked. Um, so, again, uh, at first I thought Saw was not as good as Saw 2. Now I changed. Saw is better than Saw 2. Um, on, uh, letterbox, I gave it three out of five. So for our conversion, I would give it two and a half out of four. So we all give it two and a half out of four. And I think all of us would agree it goes so far. The order of the series is saw up top and then saw two on the bottom so far, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. See, I, I think I couldn't separate myself from knowing that Amanda was a bad person, like, uh, the bad guy in the film. And so... I just had no sympathy for her at all, knowing that. But You're so cool. I know. I'm a so, cold-hearted so bastard. Cool. What can I say? All right. So that is Saw 2. So we get Darren Lynn Bowsman for the next two Saw films. He directs Saw 2, 3, and 4. So we will Yay. talk about Saw 3 next week. Um, yeah. So I guess that will be that for this week. Make sure you guys – So we're doing, we're doing Jackie Brown next No, no, no Jackie Brown. No Jackie so We're going to do Saw 3 instead, okay? We're doing Saw 3, not Jackie right. Brown. Right. Okay. Perfect. Got it. Running <laughs> so make sure you guys check out cinefashions.com. We have more Star Trek Essentials articles going up. Ash is finishing up season uh, the original series next week. And we also have the um, Horror Pack review. Again, I review what I thought of the Horror Pack subscription service. You can find that on our YouTube page or on cinefashions.com. And if you guys are interested, any of our listeners are interested in joining in to the Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge 5, Please send me an email at contact at cinefessions.com or hit me up on Twitter at cinefessions or at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. Let us know what you're interested in doing. And again, all you have to worry about is if at the end of June or the beginning of July, we can look back and say, hey, did you fail or did you succeed? That's all we're looking for this year. We will discuss what we're doing, our final uh, kind of discussion or our final uh, – what am I trying to say? That Our – our choices for June. We'll talk about next week because we'll have started them already by the end of next week. So um, we want to hear what you guys are doing. It can be anything you want. Something, some challenge of some sort, video games, movies, novels, graphic novels, comics, whatever you are into right now, make it part of the challenge. And then we'll look back and see how many people could, can succeed and how many people failed. So definitely Try to join in and again follow along in the hash with the hashtag CSSC5 on Twitter to join in on the discussion. Mark Ash, I want to thank you guys for joining me this Friday morning. I know it's uh, a rare time that I actually had the Friday morning off, so I was glad that you guys were able to to join me and we were able to get this week's podcast recorded. So thank you guys for joining me. Not a problem. Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you everybody for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.